Welcome to Stratfor's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Emily Donahue, sitting in for Fred Burton. Today, I'm speaking with global security analyst Thomas Abihana. Thomas, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Emily. So it's been about 20 years since Israel withdrew from southern Lebanon. It's final withdrawal after years of pullouts. Why was Israel there in the first place? So Israel initially invaded Lebanon 18 years before that, uh, in 1982. This was in response to repeated attacks on Israeli citizens and soldiers um, by militants from the Palestinian Liberation Organization, or the PLO. Um, They were based in Lebanon, and at the time, Lebanon was in the midst of its 15-year civil war. The, The goals of the Israeli invasion were threefold. Um, One, they wanted to drive the PLO out of Lebanon. Two, they wanted to expel Syrian influence from Lebanon. Syria technically remained and actually still remains to this day at a state of war with Israel. And third, it wanted to help install a friendly government in Lebanon uh, in the form of Bashir Jumail and his Maronite Christian party. And Israel hoped that by installing him, that could eventually lead to a peace treaty with Lebanon. However, the results were mixed. Um, Israel was actually successful in driving the PLO out of Lebanon. Uh, After Israel invaded southern Lebanon, it went all the way to central Lebanon and stopped at the capital of Beirut. After intensive bombings, uh, Yasser Arafat, the head of the PLO, ended up having to relocate the group's headquarters to Tripoli uh, in Libya. Uh, However, it was unsuccessful in its last two goals. Um, In driving Syrian influence out of Lebanon, it was not able to do that. Uh, Syria actually ended up having more influence uh, in occupying Lebanon from the end of its civil war in 1990 all the way up until 2005. And then the, the third goal of installing a friendly government uh, Jumail was elected president of Lebanon in 1982, August of 1982. Uh, however, he was assassinated less than a month later. And this act ended any hopes of a friendly government in Beirut and actually triggered massacres by Christian militias against Palestinian refugees uh, in Sabra and Shatila, which remain very, very significant events um, for the Lebanese and the Palestinians to this very day. Given that, what factors made Israel withdraw in the end anyway? So there were a a few factors which ended up piling up on top of each other. Uh, The first reason was the emergence of Hezbollah, uh, the Shiite militant group. Uh, It rose up in southern Lebanon as the primary resistance movement to the Israeli occupation. The group itself was founded, funded, and trained by Iranian operatives from the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, or the IRGC. And with Iran's support, the group grew to be a significant threat to Israeli troops as well as Western troops that were stationed in Beirut. Uh, They were able to develop trade craft um, and effective terrorist and insurgent capabilities, Uh, The group was behind, in addition to repeated attacks against Israeli troops, uh, the bombings of the U.S. Marine barracks and the U.S. Embassy in Beirut in 1983. After these bombings, the U.S. ended up withdrawing its forces from the country, as did eventually other Western countries like the U.K., France, and Italy. 
and this actually provided a blueprint for Hezbollah to drive Israel out. They knew that if they made it painful enough by driving up the risks and the costs, that foreign forces would eventually have to leave the country. And that, that kind of dovetails into reason number two of why Israel withdrew is attrition and Israeli casualties. Uh, over the course of 18 years, 559 Israeli soldiers were killed and 840 more were injured. Now, these may seem on the surface level like relatively small numbers, um, especially for an American audience who lost 58,000 in Vietnam and about 4,500 in Iraq. Um, but for a country like Israel, with only about 5 or 6 million people, these numbers have an outsized impact. For comparison's sake, in the Six-Day War of 1967, in which Israel fought against the combined armies of Egypt, of Syria, and Jordan, about 800 Israelis were killed. So 559 has an outsized impact for Israel. And that, that leads us to the final point, or the reason why Israel ended up withdrawing, was domestic political pressure. Um, the mounting casualties and the indefinite nature of the occupation made it unpopular with many Israelis. Um, the best comparison we can make in the American context is the backlash we saw to extended conflicts in Vietnam and Iraq. Uh, Ehud Barak campaigned in Israel's 1999 elections, so just a year before the withdrawal, um, on the platform of withdrawing from Lebanon, and he won in a relative landslide. Uh, Barak was and remains the most decorated soldier in Israeli history. So he brought a lot of military gravitas to the table. And Israelis trusted him to make the correct military decision. If we want to go back to U.S. parallels um, in terms of extended conflicts having impact on elections, uh, both Richard Nixon in 1968 and Barack Obama in 2008 won elections in no small part because of their platforms against the Vietnam and Iraq conflicts. Uh, Nixon campaigned on ending Vietnam uh, with, quote, peace with honor. And Barack Obama, who had been opposed to the Iraq war from the very start, said that he would also end the American military campaign in Iraq. Um, both eventually followed through on those promises, albeit using very, very different methods, which are beyond the scope of, of this podcast. What are the geopolitical implications of that invasion and withdrawal for Israel, Lebanon, and elsewhere? Um, so, yeah, there are quite a few important implications, uh, like you mentioned, for Israel, for Lebanon, for the region, and honestly, for the rest of the world. Um, the first implication is that established Hezbollah as a permanent presence within Lebanon. Um, over the 18 years since its founding from 82 or 83 to 2000, uh, the group was able to build cohesion, uh, strength, and patronage networks in the struggle against Israel. Uh, it endeared them to the local population as well. Um, especially since the group, with Iranian support, um, provided services like education and healthcare. And using the base of Lebanon, the group was able to build a global financial and operational network. Uh, to this day, it has a presence on numerous continents uh, and has conducted attacks and raised funds everywhere from Latin America to Sub-Saharan Africa to Eastern Europe 
and even South Asia. It also laid the groundwork for Hezbollah to formally join the government of Lebanon. However, because the group has been designated a terrorist organization by the U.S. and others, it has brought U.S. sanctions down on Hezbollah and those linked to the group. This has played a part in undermining Lebanon's economy and deterring investment. And these sanctions have increased significantly under the Trump administration. I would say the second implication is that it bolstered Hezbollah's reputation among the Lebanese. Um, the last time I was in Lebanon, we went on a trip to the Hezbollah Museum. Yes, there's an actual Hezbollah Museum that's built and operated by the group. Uh, the museum itself goes through the history of Hezbollah, its ideology, its support, and the achievements that they've accomplished. And the most prominent thing that was highlighted in the museum is the Israeli withdrawal of, in 2000. The group itself touts the withdrawal as its crowning achievement, and they even have an Israeli tank that was left behind by the Israeli military uh, as they were withdrawn. On a regional level, there's another implication. It boosted Hezbollah's um, reputation among other Arab countries and in the wider Middle East. Uh, this won't come as a surprise to our listeners, but Israel is not very well liked in the region. Uh, even though at that point it had signed peace treaties with Egypt and Jordan, um, there is still wide, wide, wide anti-Israeli sentiment in those countries uh, and elsewhere in the region. Uh, many of the top generals and leaders of those Arab countries were veterans of wars against Israel in 1967 and 1973, in which Israel inflicted heavy casualties uh, on those armies. And because of that, they were happy to see Israel withdraw from an Arab country in relative humiliation. And they gave Hezbollah a lion's share of the credit for actually uh, driving Israel out. Another implication is, it's kind of linked to the, to the first two, is that it gave Hezbollah free reign in the south of the country. Uh, it maintains de facto control over these areas uh, in southern Lebanon, in the Becca Valley in the east, and in southern Beirut. If you go to Lebanon and drive through, let's say, central or northern Lebanon, you'll see Lebanese flags flying from homes and other buildings. Um, however, if you drive through southern Lebanon, you'll see Hezbollah flags flying. We won't see any Lebanese flags. Um, you'll also see huge portraits of Hezbollah fighters who were killed in combat with Israel. Uh, there are even a few portraits of Iranian leaders, uh, given Iran's support for Hezbollah. Uh, I still remember a few years ago driving through southern Beirut and seeing a portrait of, in the middle of a highway, of Iran's first supreme leader, the Ayatollah uh, Khomeini. And then going on to the final implication, uh, it created the Israeli withdrawal, created a security standoff uh, on the Israeli-Lebanese border, um, between Hezbollah and IDF, Israel's military. Um, this led between two, the Israeli withdrawal in 2000 to 2006 to frequent skirmishes between the two, uh, until eventually, in the summer of 2006, a full-scale conflict erupted between the two. Um, in that conflict, uh, over 11, over a thousand, rather, Lebanese were killed and about 165 uh, Israeli soldiers and civilians were killed. 
Now, there the amount of skirmishes has died down pretty drastically since then. Uh, however, there's always a risk that another conflict could be triggered, uh, even if neither side wants it. And any such conflict would cause even more significant disruptions and damage than the conflict in 2006 did. Um, Hezbollah's rocket and missile arsenal is much, much bigger, um, and Israel still has the ability to uh, do significant damage throughout all of Lebanon, uh, to include the capital of Beirut. Wow, that is a lot to think about, Thomas. Thank you so much for that guidance. Thank you for having me. Thomas Abihana is a global analyst for Stratfor, and if you'd like to read his analysis of security risks in the Middle East, subscribe to Stratfor Worldview. Podcast listeners get a special discount. Go to stratfor.com slash podcast offer. That's all one word. Stratfor.com slash podcast offer. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thank you.